Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi there and welcome to the Stock Club podcast coming to you from the top floor of my Wall Street HQ here in Dublin, Ireland. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about Apple and Spotify's big bust up, Levi Strauss coming back to the public markets and what stocks we'd give some of our favourite celebrities. Kicking us off this week is a segment that I think we're all used to um, being at the start of the podcast now. It's nice. It's a few of us chatting through some recent news stories. And James, I believe you are going to lead in this week with a Spotify versus Apple themed story. Yeah, so so what I want to talk about today is the kind of the fight that has developed over the last few weeks between Spotify and Apple. So Spotify has filed a complaint with the European Commission um, last Wednesday against Apple saying that they were using unfair business practices against Spotify in the App Store. So essentially what Spotify is saying is that Apple are favouring their own Apple Music player against Spotify's music streaming app. Big surprise. Um, big surprise, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, so some of the tactics Spotify are accusing Apple of doing is using its 30% tax on purchases made through the App Store um, to undercut the Spotify premium pricing. They're also saying that Apple are using other technical limitations against the Spotify app, um, including locking them out of connected devices like Siri, the HomePod and Apple Watch. So the, the kind of crux of Spotify's argument against Apple is that, you know, because Apple own the App Store, but also have a competing app, i.e. Apple Music, mm. that they're acting as both the player and the referee to deliberately disadvantage other app developers. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a very interesting case because, you know, obviously Apple have revolutionized modern technology through the app store like you know it's it's a completely new marketplace i think about one billion people are, are connected to the app store and it's it's spotify's main way of of surviving really you know we have web players of spotify but mo- i think most people consume spotify through an app yeah. and you know if you're on ios and it's through the app store mm-hmm. so it's kind of the the grey area that's coming into the fact that you know Apple own the App Store but they also own a direct competitor to Spotify and and the problems that are arising through that. Did you read Apple's rebuttal to Spotify's publication? No. Yeah, they they said what I have a quote here. They said that Spotify wants all the benefits of a free app without being free. So they were pretty cutting in in hitting back against Spotify. But yeah, they were and they they listed the number of. Um, of apps that Spotify has released and that they've approved and also went on to say uh, something about there is a Spotify app on the watch which Spotify had claimed they made it nigh impossible to get the their, yeah. their app on, on, on Apple's watch. It was kind of a strongly worded rebuttal and you know it's good to read both sides and yeah. I tell you where I was because I took great interest in it because our business is essentially focused down to two apps but then when I read Apple's rebuttal and uh, I kind of thought they're all very valid points Mm -hmm. and Apple has created the marketplace in which we can now build a business 
such as my Wall Street. So, I mean, there's two sides to every story, but I could see there, there it, it isn't cut and dry as far as I was concerned. It, it definitely leads into the kind of the larger conversation, I suppose, that's going on, especially with Elizabeth Warren's recent um, president or presidential nominee campaign as well of antitrust. And, mm. you know, we saw with Google, was it last year? where they were fined by the European Commission as well for um, promoting their own ads over competitors' ads. And it's it's kind of like on one side of the coin, you can say, well, you know, they built the platform. Of course, of course they're going to promote themselves. But, you know, Apple built App Store and then Apple Music obviously came after. So at what point does Apple have to stop protecting its interests in the interest of fairness on App Store? You know, it's, it's a... It's yeah. a I, I don't exactly know where the balance should be struck. Yes. Yeah. Well, on their first point about the 30%, sure, everyone pays that. It's not them being mean to Spotify. True. I think, um, I'm not sure what format the Apple rebuttal came in, but if anyone's interested in getting into the detail, there's a website that the URL is timetoplayfair.com, mm. and that was Spotify's method for actually running down through what the problems were. And they go much deeper than the 30% thing, Rory. They actually talk about some tactics that they believe Apple changed mid-review for their application. So mm, for their submission. Yeah. So I think it's deeper. And that website, Time to Play Fair, is a good place to see the full rundown. It's a, it's a website that Spotify, Spotify built. And it actually tells the visual story of their history with Apple. But if you Google, I'll be honest, I haven't seen the rebuttal. So entirely, actually, I just opened it here. If yeah. you Google Apple and addressing Spotify's claims is the name of the blog post right. uh, from Apple's statement on March 14th. And it was clearly written by a team of lawyers um, mm. uh, with people who can add a little bit of turn of say. phrase to humanize it. Um, uh, yeah, it was mm, uh, it, it left me a little cold, but uh, warmer than I was when I read Spotify piece. Right. OK. There you have it. Yep. Lovely. I am up next. And I do have a news story, but I'm also just going to have a bit of a whinge. Right. Um, so this the news story... No one else is listening. <laughs> Go is, ahead. This is therapy. <laughs> and um, if any listeners have a whinge, feel free to call in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can do Vox Pops. Tell us your news. Um, so Apple has had a kind of week of announcements about new hardware. So they released an iPad mini, an iPad Air, a new iMac, and a second version of the AirPods. Uh, there's something called Apple AirPower rumoured to be released, which people are incredibly excited about. It's kind of a, a different method for charging. But I want to talk about the AirPods for a few mm. minutes. So the new ones are slightly more expensive if you go for an optional wireless charging case or the same price as before if you go for the standard case and you get a new H1 chip, which will make them perform much better, 50% more talk or battery time and a hands-free option to use Siri. So there's new features, right? Um, people out there are whinging about how there's no new colour options they're still just white and silver that seems to be the kind of talk on Twitter but what I would like to whinge about <laughs> and to try and find if there's anyone who's facing the same problem is um, and I bought a pair of um, iPods recently and we chatted about how great yeah. the experience was right the customer experience was the unboxing you take them out of their, their package and they just talk to your phone. It's yeah. instant. Yeah. yeah, It's one touch. And yes. they're locked into your device. The connection was, was seamless. Everything was brilliant. And over the last couple of weeks, I've been getting used to using them. And I'm facing a problem, which is that they cut the inside of my ears. Oh, well, I don't have really? that problem. Yeah. So, and I, I jog with mine in now yeah. and they don't So I've, I've well. looked it up. There's two problems that the masses face with AirPods. The first one has never happened to me is which they don't stay in your ears. That's fine. My ears are obviously snug enough that that's not a problem. 
But I have read online that a lot of people are facing the issue that I'm facing, which is there's just the smallest amount of friction either in your step or the size of your ear meets the ridge of the plastic in the wrong place. And it creates quite a painful and uncomfortable cut oh, no. on the inside of my ear. And it happened once and I said, look, that might have just been me breaking them in. But it's happened three times now. Oh, no. So I have to let it heal yeah. and then give it another go. And I'm going to be, you know, persistent and try and get there. But it's not what I was expecting with an apple mm, experience, you know. Dad, speaking of apple experiences, we all use the apple mouse as an ear. And one of my biggest annoyances with Apple is the fact that if when the mouse battery goes low, the Bluetooth mouse, you have to turn it over and yeah. the charging port is on the bottom of the mouse, which yeah. means you can't use the mouse for the entire time. One of the biggest say, mysteries of the modern Steve, world. Steve it Jobs is, yeah. definitely would have let this happen on his watch. One, one of our, one of our uh, followers on Twitter yesterday said something about, ah, oh, my mouse has died, now I have to take a day's leave. I know. You know <laughs> it's uh, Victor, I think it was. But yeah, it's, uh, it is a bit of a design flaw. It's funny because... The uh, AirPods, is that what they're called? AirPods, Sorry, yeah. I'm so turning into such a granddad. The AirPods um, are my, I absolutely love the product. It's one of my most favorite products of the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, I'm aware of the fact that not too long ago I told everyone my favorite product was the Oculus Rift and the yeah, Oculus yeah. Go so well. I'll leave that there, but I just think the AirPods, the AirPods are something I, I go nowhere without anymore. I was feeling the same as you. I'm a little hurt, you know, like, and I can see people online saying things like, oh, well, all you need to do is get um, a Band-Aid, a, a plaster and a hole puncher and you need to just cut out the perfect, most tiny little circular piece of the Band-Aid and put it on this part of the AirPod. And I was like, hang on now. Nah, I paid, that's not Apple. you know, a significant <laughs> yeah. chunk of cash and that's not Apple. Yeah. But, um, Look, I'll give it a few weeks and I'll update everyone again. I'm sure you'll all be on the edge of your seats. But um, <laughs> I don't think you will break them in. I'm sorry to tell you. It's not oh, like a pair of leather hold shoes. Hold for a second. Yeah, well, you shouldn't have to break things in. Like yeah, <laughs> they're hard plastic. They're not a pair of jeans. I know. You yeah. should have heard my mother they're, when I told her that malleable. this was happening and that my ears were cut. And she was like, well, throw them in the bin. The only malleable like, thing is your ear. You cannot actually beat the and plastic with your ear. Yeah. Hold on. Do, do they come in only one size? Yes. Standard yeah. size. Because I have a pair from Sennheiser or somewhere like that, and there's like six different attachments yeah, yeah, you yeah. can put on them to make them. Unbelievable. Sennheiser, fill your drawer with these little rubber yeah. earplugs. Well, how have Apple, like, obviously they've got it wrong in this case, but surely they must have gotten, like, the exact size to fit 90% of the world. Yes, yeah. So they did, right? And then I suppose what happens is the other buckets of people are people whose ears are large and the AirPods fall out. And I'm probably people who has a neater sized ear and the just... My ear canal, when the AirPod rubs against it and creates friction, cuts it. Because there, there were a number of Reddit posts. There was a number of posts on Apple's forums. It, it is out there. It's not just me with a, a very unique ear. Return them. Uh, to your mom's point, I wouldn't I bend them. To. Return them. <laughs> I might have to. Get your money yeah. back. I don't think uh, that's a reason. But I'm sure they will. I think Apple are pretty good on things like that. Okay, well, and look. I think they've acknowledged themselves. I mean, our head of development, Alejandro, is such an Apple fanboy. Mm. You know, even he acknowledged that some people mightn't find them comfortable, which was a revelation for Alejandro to say anything other than uh, good things. I about gave Apple. him a public apology for laughing at him when he bought them two years ago. Alejandro, I take it back. <laughs> Resented. Um, Resented, yeah. yeah. Well, you never know. If I break them in I'll, I'll update you yeah. but um, that's so, me so uh, connection to Siri is not what you were looking for in V2 
too. You're looking for ones with a please, soft padding. Please stop pad. cutting my ears off. Yeah. Um, and Amish, do you have a new story this week? I do. Um, let's see, what time is it now? It's 20 past two Dublin time. So it's 20 past nine in the morning in New York, which means in about 10 minutes time, no, Levi... No, it's uh, Daylight Savings is messed up there. Oh yeah, it's four. So uh, 20, past the, past 20 past 10. It's 20 after 10 in New York at the moment. Yeah. So Levi jeans have, after 34 year hiatus, relaunched their business onto the stock market. The inventor of blue jeans are back, baby. So um, Levi, they are as synonymous a brand as known as Coca-Cola and Ford, and as American, you could say, as Coca-Cola and Ford, is a 166-year-old company that first went public before I was born, way back in 1971, um, but has been private for the last 34 years, as I mentioned. And they, uh, they debuted, they IPO'd, uh, this morning, an hour uh, or so ago, at about 17 bucks a pop. And um, how are they doing now? Have they we got haven't started trading yet. They haven't started <laughs> trading. OK, yeah. well, any moment now, Levi Jones are going to be available <laughs> to us, the buying public again. And this it's, could happen it, live. Pardon me? It could happen live. It could happen Something live. It's live. very exciting. Mm. So Levi uh, Levi's an, is, as I said, a purely quintessential American brand. As American mm. as apple pie, they... Uh, they are owned in large part by the descendants of Levi Strauss himself, a family called the Haas family, who uh, from this particular chapter have have taken in about $360 million from the flotation. Um, and really, we had a great debate downstairs earlier when I mentioned that, uh, you know, the story about how Levi from our perceptions, have undergone a brand revival. Yeah. And our colleague Alicia, yourself, Maeve, and a few of the other colleagues were saying how suddenly Levi is bang on trend again. And yeah. Yeah. young people are looking for it's Levi's. Back with a bang, yeah. And there's a Levi's store just down the road from us here in, in Dublin City on Grafton Street. Um, and, and they have really kind of reignited in the imaginations of uh, of young people, which is really what you want to do. I mean, when you look at Levi's revenues last year, they took in about $5.6 billion in 2018, but $4 billion of that $5.6 billion was from men, male purchases. So they have a great untapped market opportunity in appealing, uh, building, rather designing and selling products, appealing to women buyers. And they also, uh, the statement from the CEO was, we believe we have a significant opportunity to deepen our presence in key emerging markets such as China, India, and Brazil to drive long-term growth. So um, not only does the company hope to improve market share with women, they're also looking to sell more on the internet and in China. So I think it's a it's quite an uh, exciting story to see something that's we've all grown up with, a brand that we've observed our whole lives going live today. Um, and as I've very often said, I'm not a great, I haven't historically been the best investor in apparel or, or fashion. Yeah. And pharma is the other one. So I always say I avoid fashion and pharma, but uh, I historically have owned shares in Decker's Outdoor, who are the maker of the Yeti Foot, uh, also known as. <laughs> what? <laughs> the Yeti Foot. You know Yeti, the, the abominable snowman. Yeah, I love him. I always thought that the Ugg, the Ugg boot looked like his feet. <laughs> Do you just refer to an Ugg as the Yeti Foot and expect everyone to understand? Well, I was hoping people would remember Decker Outdoor. That's make brilliant. The Ugg. And from now on, that's all I'm going to call the Yeti Ugg. Foot. But, but I've never then, heard of that. Okay, and then uh, I also had shares in The Gap, New York & Co, 
uh, currently shareholder on Under Armour. Um, you ever so, Crocs? Uh, Crocs? No, I never bought Crocs. There was, I, on principle, I wouldn't buy shares. <laughs> <laughs> JT loves Crocs. JT loves Crocs, yeah, but you can't do JT is our co-founder, listeners. So it's a day for Levi's and, and their ticker is Levi. Uh, no surprises there. So hop on in to yeah. your to Yahoo Finance during the day and see. I'm interested. Yeah, yeah. Well, me too. For, so if it's got five billion in sales and it's, it thinks it's going to open about six point five billion, that does seem cheapish for mm. a power maker. Mm-hmm. But like they're not growing particularly fast. No, they're growing absolutely at, not. They grew the top line at fourteen percent last year, mm. but for the average last five years, it's been like four totally. percent. It's been pretty um, anemic. Yeah, and it's rare to see a 166-year-old company pretty much doing the same thing as they've done for those for that century and a half, growing in any type of meaningful yeah. way. I granted they might grab yeah. a trend, they might break China, they might appeal more to women, they might sell more on the internet, yeah. which you kind of would expected those things to happen organically mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, and we are big advocates in buying what you believe in, uh, owning what you love. And Levi might be a good one because certainly I don't think any of us would predict or foresee Levi going bust in our lifetimes. Yeah. Would they be, that probably won't happen. Would they be comparable to Tiffany's maybe in that way that they're such a, a long-standing brand and they've they've kind of... It's hard to imagine a world without them nearly. The yes and no. I mean, the, certainly from a brand recognition uh, yeah. and like... Levi's are multi-purchase across your life. Tiffany are the once or twice or very, very special occasion. Yeah. The pricing power that Tiffany has is is, mm. is off the charts. Levi's still have it, though. I mean, I think... I don't know how much pair Levi's costs. Be north of 100 North of $100. Yeah, yeah that's so. only here. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is true. Okay. Yeah. We have the luxury tax on like, Vintage yeah. Levi's as well are very popular. Yeah, yeah. Can, I, yeah. can I read a line from the S one? Please. The Levi's brand epitomizes classic, authentic American style and effortless cool. Oh. It does, though. I yeah, have to I mean, say, that is the power of the <laughs> yeah. brand. I mean, the red tag on the back of yeah. the, the pocket. Yeah. You know, I remember their advertisements really stood out for me when I was a teenager. I think there was Entirely. one of a girl walking into a saloon. Yeah. You know, they are cool. They are effortlessly cool. They, they have are. kind of changed with the times as well. Like, do you remember the old Wranglers? The old dad pants. They haven't yeah. oh got those God, going on anymore. <laughs> Not cool. Not cool. <laughs> Wranglers are still out there. I think they haven't totally gone under, have they? It's not, I don't think it's their main seller anymore. No, I, I wouldn't think <laughs> so. 501s. 501s, yeah. But by the way, button flies are ridiculous. Like, who <laughs> thought? I mean, they just... They're, they're ridiculous. Maybe it's time to move on. <laughs> yeah. get is, that, is that a nice segue into the next segment? Okay, great. So next up, we're going to discuss a company that we never talk about. And Rory, I believe you have one up. I do, today. and I haven't told you what it is. Great. I'm going to see if you can guess what it is. Okay. It's the it's the comp- a company that we never talk about that's so bizarre that we don't talk about it because it is currently, or last time I checked it was anyway, the biggest company in the world. Microsoft. Yes. Boom. Microsoft. Drops the mic. Did anyone else not notice <laughs> that? Hey, like we never talk about Microsoft. We never talk about Microsoft. No. Okay, and so I was thinking about that, and I was thinking there's a couple of reasons why we probably never talk, talk about Microsoft. Um, one is that they managed to keep their noses a lot cleaner than the other big tech companies. Mm-hmm. So they haven't got a Facebook or a Twitter or a YouTube thing going on, and I've never heard of anyone putting extremist content on LinkedIn. Yeah. So <laughs> they don't get in the news as much. Um, their CEO isn't going around strong-arming government officials and having mistresses, as far as you know. Good <laughs> 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 <And> point, relevant. <laughs> <laughs> finally, finally, I think people still think of Microsoft as like really old tech dinosaur. 
that isn't worth kind of mentioning in the modern tech conversation, mm, which yeah. is just totally not true if you look at what um, what they've been doing over the last few years. So like Sachin Adela, he took over from Steve Ballmer in 2014. He's basically completely reinvented Microsoft and is now kind of a leader in cloud computing and a real fast-moving tech giant. Um, they've moved totally from a license model to a subscription model. Um, they own about 16.5% of cloud computing through Azure, which is estimated to be worth around $7 billion by wow. itself right now. And last year grew at 92%. Oh, my goodness. Um, and the reason I think they're going to do really well in the world of cloud is because basically they already have this massive base of installed users through Office 365, which is the biggest. It's basically a monopoly on productivity software. So they have about 90% market share mm -hmm. in uh, Office productivity software. And so if you're a CIO or a CTO and you're thinking about switching to the cloud and your entire business runs on Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel, mm -hmm. it's so simple just to move over into Azure. It's all integrated. It all works perfectly well. And you already have that relationship with them uh, to begin with. Um, and as someone who uses Excel uh, every single day, there is no alternative. There's no other. Mm. There's no, nothing else that works no. um, like it. So Microsoft, I think, is this incredible business, in amazing moats in terms of switching costs, in terms of network effects, in terms of cost advantages. Um, they pay a 1.6% dividend. They've been raising it consecutively for 16 uh, for 15 years. Mm. And the stock's pretty much tripled since Nadal took over. So um, I think we should talk about Microsoft more. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a good pitch. And mm -hmm. I think of the first time I encountered a, a computer long before Google and Facebook and all the rest in college, the first thing I had to do was open a Microsoft product. And here we are, whatever, t 30 years later. And uh, that's still one of the, the, their suite of products I use every day. And that's longevity of, for a digital company to have built a suite of tools that most of us have to enter to interact with as part of our professions is, is pretty impressive. I mean, it's it's astounding, really. Yeah. I'm just scanning the analysis in the My Wall Street app on them, and something I didn't know is that they also produce software for some of the bigger game consoles. Yep, they do well. They're, um, they own Xbox. They own it, right? Yeah. So uh, that's their that's console. Their Hasn't really won in the console wars against PlayStation, mm. but the rise of PC gaming yeah. has definitely been good for Microsoft. And there's just been the story about uh, Google getting into the video game streaming. Stadia. Stadia is their new um, arm. Right. I think there's going to be a big fight between Microsoft, Amazon and Google to get into that space, become the Netflix of video gaming. I think Microsoft were well positioned. Okay. We four and all of our colleagues were kind of invited by Microsoft, as you'll know, to their headquarters here in Dublin, which is as big as their HQ in California, as far as I know. And it's uh, an astounding building. Uh, yeah. What I mean, they had everything you could possibly think of under the roof. You they know, had they a digital had, lake. They had a digital lake. They had a dog grooming salon. Is that correct? <laughs> oh, I am, and I hope they did. Because <laughs> if they did, I'm going back. They had, and certainly, uh, I saw someone with a scissors. Maybe it was for humans, but... <laughs> the head of catering. This was my favourite fact about it. Yeah. The head of catering. Because there's no, like, elevators. You have to walk everywhere, and it's all, like, be fit and walk around. Yeah, lot. yes, that's right. The head of catering walks 30 kilometres every day. Wow. 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 Out there in the Dublin office. Yeah. It was very impressive, and even the design values that they yeah. have. Did they know, have a beautiful yoga studio where you overlooked the office floor? That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was amazing. I've also been at Apple HQ now, not uh, Inf Infinite Loop. Is that the Californian? Not Infinity the, the Loop. Uh, inf not Infinite Loop, but the Irish HQ of Apple, and uh, certainly Microsoft's uh, one on design values and coolness. I have to say. So yeah. they're winning in the office wars. 
Um, so before we move on then, I just want to take a minute to talk about some of the new things in the My Wall Street app at the minute. Um, on Wednesday, Rory, you published uh, our most recent expert opinion piece called... Uh, three stocks we passed on. Do you want to give us a quick summary of? I think that kind of sums it up. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was it was a user request. Emmett, you tweeted out a couple of stocks that we'd had mm. on the watch list. We're thinking about adding to the app, and we decided not to. Yeah. And it was you know it was cherry picked as the three that had gone down the most essentially over mm. the over the last year. And so the um, a Twitter user asked if we could get could get an insight into why we didn't pick them at the time. It was Harish, was it? Harish, yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, I just wrote a blog about it. Yes, yeah. um, it was Edit House, Camping World Holdings, and, and Stamps.com. Stamps.com. So you can <clears> read <throat> about now in the My Wall Street app why we passed on those stocks specifically. Um, in case you missed it, we also have a new star stock in the app at the minute. It's a really cool company that counts 90% of Fortune 100 and over 70% of the Fortune 500 companies as customers. So it's definitely keeping good company. Speaking of star stocks, we have a new item in this week's podcast that I'm not sure how it's going to go. <laughs> it's called Star Stocks. So I asked you all before we came in to pick a well-known celebrity. Emmett, your faces. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, see, I'll go last. I forgot about this, so I knew you forgot about it. <laughs> it's okay, okay we'll you can see finish it. the point and I'm going to get busy. We'll see you. how you go on the fight. So right. Star's Stocks is I asked you all to pick a celebrity and a publicly listed company and match them together and explain why they make a good match. Evan Rory, I'll give you a second to gather your thoughts. Maeve. Okay, so I'm going to start with a very small pop quiz. Can anyone tell me the man whose real name is Andre Rommel Young's stage name? <laughs> no. Andre Rommel Young. Is it uh, spell Young? Y-O-U-N-G. That's okay. I was wondering if it was an Asian yeah. Young. So, um... He's a professional rapper, record producer and entrepreneur. No, no idea. Um, Jay-Z. Dr. Dre. Oh. So I'm going with Dre. He's my celeb. Yeah. Um, And I was recently scanning a company that we added to our showroom. And also we produced a short report recently uh, on the cannabis industry. So I'm pitching to Dre that he might want to pop into our app and have a look at Constellation Brands. Mm -hmm. Or possibly do some wider research outside our app and look at MedMen or Innovative Industrial Properties Inc. Also Apple, because they own Beats. Yeah, well, he... That, That's I the mean, obvious one, I suppose. He made three bill off that, like, so... <laughs> um, Maybe yeah. diversify He might want to go back in and buy into Apple, yeah. Uh, the celebrity I picked was Elizabeth Holmes, who's <laughs> in the news again, uh, the, the former CEO of Tyrannus, and... Uh, the stock I matched her with was Helios and Matheson. So for anyone who doesn't know Helios and Matheson, <laughs> they were the owners of the infamous uh, Movie Pass company. And I think, you know, they both promised a lot. They both had people asking how they were doing what they're doing, and mm. they both didn't deliver. They still have a ginormous uh, billboard on Times Square. Who do? Uh, movie Pass. Really? Yeah. I actually was a little confused. Did you see yeah, that? I did see they're, that. They're spinning it off as a separate company, Helios right. and Matheson, or they're in the process of doing so at the minute. Yeah, but... Uh, Kind of two two people at a low web at the minute. Yeah. Is it my turn? Rory? Yeah, so admittedly I did forget about this until right before we came in and I just had to ask people downstairs to throw celebrities at me so I could because I actually had a blank. I couldn't think of any celebrities. <laughs> uh, and someone threw out Daniel Craig and I instantly went to Brian Foreman, but actually he wouldn't drink American whiskey, James Bond. He'd drink scotch or gin martinis. So I think the stock for him would have to be Diageo. Okay. Yeah. Shake monsters. Emmett? Uh, oh, I don't know. Um, 
So uh, SpaceX for Elton John. SpaceX isn't a public company. Ah, it's fine, Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> they said a Tesla. I know space. it's not a public company. Oh yeah, there's Tesla in space. But you want that to works. know why I'm going with SpaceX for Elton John? Go for it. Uh, there's a new movie about his life being made hot off the heels of Bohemian Rhapsody about Freddie Mercury's life, and that movie's name is Rocket Man. Original. <laughs> <laughs> So that was Stars Socks. Uh, you may or may not see that ever hear that again. But, um, <laughs> uh, let us know. Let us know what, what celebrity you'd match up with. Let us know uh, when you switched off. <laughs> what, what celebrity you'd match up with a stock. Um, Jargon Busters, you might be glad to hear, is going to make a return uh, next week. So if you have any questions about investing or any jargon you want busted, make sure to shoot us an email at pod at mywallstreet.com. Um, we're running way over time today, so really quickly I want to get to the elevator pitches before we finish up. So to celebrate Levi Strauss returning to the public market today, I asked you guys to prepare a pitch for us um, about a company that's booking recent trends in the retail environment. So that means, you know, a company that's maybe get, growing their in-store traffic as opposed to online or, or really just going against the grain mm-hmm. in a tough retail environment at the m- minute. Um, Rory, we'll come to you first. What company are you going to pitch us? I'll pitch for our one remaining listener, uh, Ulta Beauty, uh, which is 60 long- seconds, don't forget. <laughs> 60 seconds, right. Ulta Beauty, which has long been one of my favourite retail plays. Uh, Ulta Beauty runs a, uh, about 1,170 1, so stores in the US that combines salons with a beauty store for makeup and cosmetics. Uh, in what has been described as a tough retail environment, last quarter they bring uh, comparable same-store sales of 9.4%. The reason I like Ulta Beauty and the reason I think they're doing so well is because makeup's one of those things that people want to go to the store, experience, try out. And I just want to quote from their recent earnings call, which the CEO was saying basically they hadn't done as well in online as they thought they were going to do. And this is what she said. Um, our e-commerce growth rate was a bit softer than our guidance of mid-30s, which was attributed primarily to reverse channel shift in light of our guests' avid interest in coming to the store to see and try makeup from digitally native brands like Morph and Kylie Cosmetics. So actually, people were, instead of going online, were actually coming into the store to try out the goods. They've got a, a deal with a lot of the Kardashians. They have 32 million people on the rewards program. That's twice as many as Starbucks. And they are leading in personalization in terms of keeping people loyal to their brand. Cool. So that was Ulta Beauty. How and many it, seconds was that? It was 61. 61 seconds, for God's sake, Rory. You could set a clock money, Rory. I'm going to hold up the timer for you, Emmett. Okay. Ready? Okay. Go. I'm going to go with Duluth, the maker of men and women's workwear. And uh, Duluth very recently uh, reported 27% uh, revenue growth, which was driven by 10% increase in direct sales and 50% uh, 58% growth in retail. So what's interesting about Duluth is that they now have 43 stores uh, compared to about 26 stores last year. So there's not too many stores. Um, they're booking their trend, the trend rather, the stock is on its way up. Uh, they do kind of niche or niche, as, as you'd say in America, uh, workwear or clothing wear rather. And um, I think they're going rapidly off the back of new store openings, which is a false god. As they say, you don't want to buy a business simply because it's opening new stores. Comps are what really matter, comparable same store growth. But for now, Duluth seems to be positioned to grow its brand very nicely, book the retail trend and continue to fill the cash registers for the years ahead. 57 seconds. Now. Under. Bam. (laughs) Right. You know, over is bust. (laughs) I think on like 
like overall, if we were to add up all our times, I still have minutes, well, minutes on you. My CES one wasn't my defining moment for timekeeping, but still. Maeve, which company are you going to go with? I owned Luth. Okay. And I bought it when I was a kind of less mature investor. I think my reasons were that I liked the gear, the clothing. And in their marketing, they use cute uh, North American creatures. I think there's uh, moose and beavers and stuff, which mm -hmm. suits the brand. So that wasn't the best decision making <laughs> that I've ever chosen. It wasn't the worst. It's a good thing. There good was business. a few other things within it as well. Obviously, you know, we, we have them in my Wall Street app. So I read the analysis and, and did some other research. But I'm going to go to Luth and cross my fingers and see what happens. Great. Uh, I'm going to go with Ulta. Uh, because I, I just think yeah, having that those in-store salons is a, is a major point and it's one of those kind of like DIY it's one of those niches within re the retail industry that people just have to kind of yeah. go in-store to, to take full advantage it can never go online no never no. ever ever you need to get your hair cut or styled it cannot so go online we have a tiebreaker Giles swing a hammer if you like so. Duluth Holdings and put on some makeup if you like Ulta <laughs> Can't hear you, Giles. Get makeup. Yes. <laughs> Giles has picked Ulta, so Ulta is okay. the winner of the elevator pitch this week. That's about it from this week's Stock Club. And remember, if you have anything you want us to discuss or some jargon for us to bust on next week's podcast, uh, make sure to get it in touch on Twitter or email us at pod at mywallstreet.com. That's P-O-D at mywallstreet.com. Thanks for listening again today. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a good review on whatever podcast player you use. It really helps us out. Uh, make sure to tell a friend about Stock Club too. And from all of us here at My Wall Street, we'll see you in two weeks. Happy investing. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.